Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning. Practice of being aware of awareness. There'll be three bells, one in just a moment, uh, one bell uh, halfway through, and the final bell will be an hour from now. So as we kind of settle into these first few moments, take this opportunity and notice where attention has been, what that's felt like. It's been running through mind, kind of what the body's been feeling. It may bring the attention inward. intending to spend the next hour to live from within instead of from without. You just notice that attention may still be roaming to sounds in the environment, feelings in the body, thoughts in the mind. one perception or another. We can observe as presence presents itself to us. Just kind of feel into the energy of the thoughts as they flip by.
I just have a very kind of gentle, natural intention to let everything be just like it is. All of it, the outer, the inner, the real, the unreal, just letting it all be, allowing it all to rest. And as we kind of notice a perpetual letting go of what the thinking mind offers, we can notice a settling into the silence, stillness. notice something's right there to greet us, that aliveness. Awareness. Life is just right there, illuminating the knowing that we are aware, that awareness is present. not like a debate or something we have to think about or tease out or reason ourselves into. It's just this immediate knowing. When asked, are you aware? Are you in there? Is awareness present? We all go to exactly the same place and check. And instantaneously, there's a knowing, there's a yes. We're just slowly letting go. Of watching attention land on that which changes. And instead, watching as attention lands on that, which has never changed, never come and gone, never appeared and dissolved, something that doesn't rise and fall. This awareness that we're looking right at, it's not an object. doesn't have a beginning or an end, doesn't have a shape. And in and of itself doesn't have content. It is that in which all content arises, by which all content is known. So today's the first day of a new chapter in Helen Hamilton's book, Dissolving the Ego. 
to contemplate in our Tuesday morning class, heart explorations, embracing the whole show. And this chapter is called Self-Inquiry. Helen writes, there are times during our stage one and two practice where we will come up against what seems to be very difficult obstacles, which we cannot overcome. So the stage one practices we tune into this awareness, the stillness, the silence, the noumenon, that by which phenomena is known, but is not itself a thing, an arising, an object. And then stage two is when there's trigger events. And when we practice watching where attention goes during trigger events and noticing that the silence is still there, the stillness is still there and noticing whether attention can come off the trigger event and back onto the silence, practicing that a thousand times in a thousand small moments. Helen Hamilton called winning that ourselves back. So during those two practices, she's saying we come up against very difficult obstacles which we cannot overcome. What are these obstacles? The belief in being a person that is attached to a person, place, thing, event, and that we need this person, thing, place, or event to make us happy. That's the obstacle. Quite often these attachments can have so much emotional charge around them that it can seemingly eclipse our ability to sense the noumenon for a while. Says an example may be that we are sitting in formal practice, tuning in. We feel deep peace. And suddenly we begin to experience fear about losing our sense of being someone. No matter what we do, we lose the focus and our attention seems to go directly to the thoughts and emotions which seem to have a pull of enormous gravity. Or we may be in stage two and out walking and some event triggers anger within us, for example, and it becomes so intense that we're shaking and perspiring, cannot seem to notice the noumenon, even if we remember what we are supposed to be doing. These are examples of where self-inquiry can help out. It is a very useful technique which helps to dissolve emotional, mental, and energetic charge around a thought or a belief. Some beliefs have been so ingrained and repeated throughout many lifetimes that we may need an extra tool in these moments. She writes, what is self-inquiry? All of our suffering comes because we assume that we know what we are. If we really look at all of our beliefs about ourselves, we come to see they are all based upon the fact that we believe we are this mind and body, that this sense of I is only this. We assume this and simply never question it again. Because this belief is so deeply believed, has a lot of energy. 
and it has a lot of belief from us around it. The habit and tendency to automatically assume this is true is not even noticed, let alone questioned. Self-inquiry is a very simple technique that acts like a mirror in which instead of assuming we know what we are, we are finally able to say, I don't know what this sense of I is. When we are open to actually look and see what this I is, then we can begin to break down this energetic mass of belief around it. It's almost like melting an iceberg. Self-inquiry is the heat. Every time we assume we are a person, a mind and a body separate from everything else, we are adding to this iceberg. Every time we actually look and see inside what we are, then we are allowing it to melt a little or to melt a lot. This belief that I am a person with problems and things to transcend and a spiritual journey to go on is simply not true. It causes a lot of suffering. Self-inquiry works best when we openly look inside our being and see if we can identify what we actually are. Amazingly, when we search our being, we do not find this me that inhabits the body. We find we do not actually know who we are. Let me just take a moment right here. Introductory comments to check in to see if there's a sense of a person who's doing the meditation right now. Is there a notion of a meditator? So we get that sense. Let me turn attention around. So let's go find them. Let's look inside. Try to find this, this entity. So there's a, there's a sense of a separate self. You get a sense of how distinct that feels. There's a, there's a feeling of a me. A me that sat down to meditate. A me that's sitting still, listening to words. So now we just, Take attention, we turn it right back inside. Look to find the me. Looking to find that separate self. Looking to find that someone. Alan Hamilton posted a wonderful video yesterday. I think, I think it's called like, what is perceiving? She just walks everyone through that process of just looking. She shares that she was just shocked the first time. It's kind of alarming. There was no one in here. 
can't find an independent entity. There was no trace of a separate self. And it's never about knowing the answer. Each time we look brand new. We just inhabit that space of not knowing because there's a huge assumption that's built, plays out. We know exactly what we are. We are this person with these attributes and this age and this history and these preferences, and this disposition, these tendencies, these inclinations. I mean, we've got the whole story. Those assumptions are often hard and fast. Believing attention for decades, and as Helen says, we, most people don't even notice just automatically assumed and so it's never questioned we're just turning attention around and sweeping with like that inner flashlight looking for that separate me on whose behalf the feelings are, are, are felt offense is taken Pride is noted. You just look right in there for that, that entity that is assumed to be there. She says, every time we assume we are a person, a mind and a body separate from everything else, we are adding to this iceberg. And every time we actually look and see inside what we are, then we are allowing it to melt. So the practice of self-inquiry. When we openly search our being without any preformed opinions about what we will find, then we come to the amazing fact that we cannot find a me. This entity that we assumed we were is actually not locatable. Let's see if that's true in our direct experience. We drop the preconceived notions, but you know, with acknowledging that there's a sense of a person here. We're not trying to pretend <laughs> that what is sensed isn't sensed. We're not trying to imagine, we're not trying to jump into some space where all we see is light or light around objects or you know whatever. Right? We're not trying to, to tell a better story. I guess this is just sober looking, just sense of a self, kind of a feeling of a me. And then we just relax those preconceived notions, 
and we actually look. We actually do the looking on the inside. And we can we can see that this sense of a me may even still be there. We zero in on, is it locatable? Can we locate it? Can you find it? It's not in our feet, right? It's not in our calves, not in our knees, not in our thighs. Is it anywhere in the midsection of your whole body, in your belly, your ribs? We're just looking, right? Chest, whole sternum area, shoulders, neck. Is it in the neck? Jaw, mouth, nose, ears. Head, we just look, just look at it in the head. Is it locatable? This is self inquiry. Getting a sense of the me. And then looking to see if it's locatable. She says we can find a body, a sense of someone being here. But we cannot actually find a physical location for this me. It is a kind of sensing or feeling into your being. It is not a looking with the physical eyes. It's simply a non-physical searching. We begin to find that you cannot actually find yourself. Does this sense of me have a physical location? Can we find it? Can we locate it? We'll take the sound of the bowl, right? Something heard that, right? Something heard the, the singing bowl. So let's trace back from the sound, trace right back into what heard it. And then find the you.
is this sense of being a person, this assumed knowing there's a me in here. Can you find a physical location for this me? Is the me locatable? And we don't think about it and we don't refer to knowing it, even if we did this two minutes ago. It's the actual looking that undoes the assumption. It's the actual searching. It's the I don't know. It's the open-minded, drop all the assumptions, let's find out. That actually starts to unwind all the energy that's wound up in this belief. And how writes you begin to find that you cannot actually find yourself. She says for most people, at first, this may bring up some fear and this is normal and okay. Our minds are used to thinking of ourselves as being solid objects. And while that may be true for the body, it is most certainly not true the me. So stop right now as you read this and search what you think of as being you. See if you have any edges. See if you have any boundaries. See if you have any limits. We take that inner attention again and we just sweep in there looking for this me. So we find any locatable sense of me. any edge at all, any boundary where it's me, 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 then not me anymore, any limit. Do not assume anything, just actually look. Look and see what you find. Do not be stopped by fear. The mind is scared of what it does not know, but you are not the mind. Ask yourself, what am I? Or who am I? See what you find. And we're just not assuming anything. And we're just doing the looking, just sweeping back and forth. What am I? Who am I? We are not looking for a thought answer, although, of course, your mind will try to supply one. Keep looking, even when your mind tells you an answer, and see what is revealed to you. 
she writes in the section, Turning the Tide of Belief. Each time we look and do not find a separate locatable self, that is me, we are moving ever closer to waking up fully and finally. Each time we look and do not find a separate locatable self, that is me, we are moving ever closer to waking up fully and finally. We have all spent many years assuming that we know what we are and we must confirm what we actually are over and over again. As we look and find nothing tangible, we are left with the intangible. As we search for a form, we are left with only formlessness. As we look for an object, we find only the subjective sense of self. As we search for a phenomena called me, with a location, position, and size. We can find only the noumenon, a total lack of phenomena. Again, we just sweep, we just get that sense of being a separate person, the size, location, form. And we look to see if we can find it. And we notice we don't find a location, a position, a size, a form. But it's equally instructive to note what we do find. We don't find a dead inertness. We do find an open, vibrant, alive, spaciousness. She says, as we look and confirm over and over again, we begin to turn around the tide of belief and see that we are not a thing called me at all. In fact, we find we are a no thing and that our truest essence is formless, right? We check this out. No form there subjective, right? No object, nothing with a boundary, beginning or an end. Nothingness and more like empty space. This empty space is sentient. And let's check that out. So we turn attention around. First, we just, you know, we feel this body. We see this very strong belief. There's a person here. 
we know it's assumed, but it's assumed for so long. It just, I'm not going to pretend it's not a very strong sense. But then we go and we actually look for this me. Look and see if we can find a physical location for the me. Is it locatable? Do we find a form or do we find formlessness? Do we find objects or do we find just the subjective? Do we find things or do we find nothingness? And as we feel into this empty space, is that empty space sentient, intelligent and awake? Is there an aliveness to it, a crispness? The sense of a here-ness and a now-ness? Is this space aware? Is this space awake? Is there an intuitive knowing that this space is intelligent, has as an aspect of itself intelligence? Is it sentient? Is the space knowingly aware of its spacious spaceness? Helen writes that all phenomena, right? Things that appear, objects, beginning and end, all phenomena of thoughts, beliefs, bodies, and solid objects. All come out of this space. All come out of us. The us we find when we look for the we look for the me, we don't find the me. We find the us. We find the spaciousness. All phenomena, thoughts, beliefs, bodies, and solid objects come out of us. This formlessness. if life is not happening to me, 
to us, but happening in us. What if life is not happening to me, to us, but it is arising from us? This formlessness. So there's always two essential aspects of self-inquiry. The first is getting a sense of your sense of self and then checking it out, seeing if you can find it, find that me, find that separate entity. Find that physical location. Is it locatable? And once it is noticed what is not found, that is, there is no separate entity found. It's not locatable, it's not a physical location. There's not a form. The other wing of that bird is to notice what we do find. What is there? What is always there? What is as equally present as the separate sense of me is equally absent when we look? We confirm what we don't find and we affirm what we do find. We awake, aware, sentient, alive, formlessness, consciousness, awareness, life. Moji likes to call it the vital force. But see, all those words, right? You got to watch it because it can kind of make it into an object. So then we go back to the other wing. Are there any objects? Any forms?
Do we find any forms at all? Do we find the formless? Do we find a thing or do we find nothingness? Do we find objects or do we find pure subjectivity? Knowingness. And actually not the object of knowingness, but we actually find a verb, find knowing. This empty space is sentient, intelligent, and awake. All phenomena of thoughts, beliefs, bodies, and solid objects come out of us, this formlessness. open space of aliveness. Current of life. So the final uh, section of this chapter is entitled, How Can We Use Self-Inquiry? Helen writes, we can use self-inquiry on its own to take us directly to the noumenon. Right, the formlessness the total lack of phenomena that is aware of phenomena arising. But itself is not an object, is not a form, doesn't come and go. What is left when we do not find a solid me is something intangible. It is the noumenon. We can also use self-inquiry to break down very strong beliefs that have a lot of pull magnetically. Certain thoughts and beliefs will appear again and again to show us that we are still believing them. And this can interrupt our practice in such moments described in stage two practice. 
trigger events can cause a barrage of thoughts and an extremely noisy mind, which results in a heightened or strong emotional state when the thoughts are believed. For example, you may be aware that there is only abundance in the universe and that any perceived lack is not really true. But that may not be enough when we are deeply feeling the silence and peace in our stage one practice. And then we are presented with an unexpected bill that we cannot pay. The mind may immediately begin to present thoughts to us such as, how am I gonna pay this? I don't have enough money. And these may be very strong neural pathways which pull our attention away from the noumenon. As we pay attention to these thoughts, we will begin to feel strong emotion from believing these thoughts. And it may seem impossible in these moments to begin to feel the noumenon again. When we believe our thoughts, we create that experience for ourselves. And in this case, it will be lack showing up again for us. This in turn reinforces the neural pathways in our brain that produce its strong emotional response of fear, doubt, frustration again and again. Self-inquiry can help here by looking at the reality of the one that feels it is scared. The one that does not have the mind. We begin to notice lack and feel fear by looking inside ourselves for this sense of me. We are redirecting the attention back to the source. Self-inquiry questions the actuality of this me. As we begin to search for it, and we begin to look and cannot find the objective sense of me, the emotional charge around the thoughts and beliefs begin to dissipate. We confirm that we do not find the separate me and we affirm that what we find is this empty space that is sentient, intelligent, and awake. 